We are about to tune in to a press conference happening right now in the body, where President Brain will be delivering a speech in preparation for this upcoming breakup. Welcome to Secrets for an Awesome Life. You ever see someone living a pretty awesome life and wonder, man, do they know secrets that I don't? Yes, yes they do. And this podcast is about those secrets. I'm your host, Joey Massio, certified life coach, educator, and counselor for teens and young adults. Welcome to my show. Hey, everybody. If if you are enjoying this podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you took ju- just a minute and left a review on iTunes. You can just leave a five-star review, a four-star, a three-star, a two-star, a zero-star if you're allowed to do that. Leave whatever amount of stars you want to review. But leave a review on iTunes. That really helps me and this podcast get out to uh, more teens so they can benefit from these secrets. Also, upcoming on the 100th episode, coming out in a couple of weeks here, I have a big, big announcement to make. And I'm super duper excited about it. So you will not want to miss it. Other teens won't want to miss it as well. So share this podcast with everybody that you know, so they can hear this awesome, super cool announcement that I have coming up on the 100th episode. Now, episode 97, Emotional Independence. Good morning. In less than an hour, we'll be joining countless others who have gone before us in breaking up with someone that we should have broken up with ages ago. We'll be launching the largest get-out-of-a-bad-relationship strike in the history of relationships. Hmm. Relationship. That word should have a new meaning for all of us today. We can't be controlled by fake romantic thoughts anymore like they complete me or I'll never be able to find someone as attractive as them. We will not bow to the fear of being alone. Perhaps it's fate that today is our eight-and-a-half-month anniversary. The fact that we even know that shows how much our identity was toxically tied into this relationship. Today, we will be fighting for our freedom. Not from having to text back within a minute or risk them getting upset. Or even not hanging out with our friends like we had planned and were totally excited for because our, quote, bay, quote, needs us. But freedom from our actions being dictated by someone else's emotions. We are going to fight for our right to choose our own feelings, to be emotionally healthy. And should we win the day, today will not just be known as another Tuesday, but as the day when we declared in one voice, We will not cry quietly into the night. We will not be sad without a fight. We're going to learn to be strong. So our next relationship will thrive. Today we celebrate our emotional independence day. All right. I I don't think any of you teens kind of caught the reference I was going for there, trying to mimic the speech that the president gives in the movie Independence Day, not the the sequel, came out in 2016, but the original one, that was my childhood. 
so, so that was my, my honor, to, my homage to that movie. Uh, I, I totally should have done this episode back in July, but this topic has been on my mind a lot right now. It's kind of a, a new concept that came up as I was coaching uh, many clients in the past week or two. Right now, I coach about 10 to 12 clients weekly, and several of them have benefited from this idea, this secret for an awesome life. And today, the secret for an awesome life is become emotionally independent. So what that means is that have your emotions not tied in or dictated by what others do or don't do. Now, the majority of people, or even you, the majority of the time, this probably isn't the case. But today I want you to discover when this is the case for you. When your emotions are uh, determined by what other people are doing. And you may even be wearing this as a badge of honor, which I'll talk about as well. But being emotionally independent creates more freedom and autonomy and power for you to be the person you want to be. So here's some downfalls of being emotionally dependent. You're getting sad because other people are sad. Maybe it's a boyfriend or girlfriend, or maybe it's a family member, or maybe it's a friend. It's you not doing something you ultimately really want to do, or being someone you ultimately, ultimately really want to be, because you're worried about what other people might do or feel. And then that's going to affect you. And then, and then you're going to feel something that you don't want to feel. And I'm not talking about being considerate. That's a, that's a much different thing. When you're considerate of other people, I think that's a good thing. That's part of my value of who I want to be. I want to consider other people's feelings when I make my choices, just so I'm not out there like a bulldozer blown, like, like running other people over and not really caring about what they think or feel. That's not what I'm talking about. Emotional dependence is you not showing up, not being the person you want to be because you're going to feel sad that somebody else is sad or that you're going to be frustrated that somebody else is frustrated. You essentially, you're making your choices based on avoiding unpleasant emotions that you're going to feel. This is how it looks like it applied to various areas of your life, right? So teens, let's talk about dating. My experience with this uh, is I was very emotionally dependent, not just on a person, because you don't have to just be emotionally dependent on a person, but I was emotionally dependent on the idea of love, on how much I loved love and on how romantic I was. And I, I met a girl in high school. I was a senior and uh, she was a sophomore and we started dating and we really hit it off and, and we both fell in love with the idea of love real, real uh, fast. And things were rocky a bunch of times. Uh, but four years later, after having like really, actually, I think it was six years later because I, I served a mission for my church for two years and came back and then we kept dating. And then it was four years after that when it was like, all right, let's get married. And then we got married despite a lot of reasons not to. And a lot of people saying, hey, I, this doesn't really kind of make sense. But I was like, no, no, I'm in love with 
not just this girl. I'm in love with love. And I don't think I'm going to be able to find anybody else. Me breaking up with her is going to be super sad for me. And I don't want to be sad. It's also going to be sad for her. She really loves me too. And we should really get married because I'm emotionally tied into this and I'm going to be an emotional wreck if we have to break up. Well, we got married and then got divorced like uh, two or three years later. Uh, It was one of those starter marriages you hear about. I'm not particularly proud of it, but I did learn a lot from it. And during that time, looking back, I was totally emotionally dependent on needing that relationship. Sometimes we're emotionally dependent on the idea of being in a relationship. So we stay in relationships or we jump from one relationship to another relationship because we're like, oh no, I I don't want to be not in a relationship. Uh, That's not going to feel good. And so we're emotionally dependent on being in a relationship, whether it's good for us or not. That's kind of what that uh, president brain speech was at the beginning of this episode. But emotional dependence ties into more things than just dating. Friend drama. I've coached several teens on this in the past couple of weeks. Not saying something to a friend who is taking actions or doing things or saying things that's really bothering you or that you feel is inconsiderate and you don't want to go up and talk to them and say, hey, look, we, we, we need a little bit of a break right now or I, I kind of just want to hang out by myself for a bit. You don't want to do all that because you're worried that they're going to be upset and then that's going to upset you. So now I'm upset that they're upset. So I'm just not going to say anything at all. Uh, and, and the flip side is of emotional uh, dependence is believing that you aren't in control of other people's feelings. So if you're emotionally independent, you realize you're not in control of anybody else's feelings. You're just in control of your own feelings. And you can still love them and you know want to be there for them. But it, again, this is much different. This is you not talking to a friend, not communicating truthfully to them because you're afraid of what they're going to do and how that's going to make you feel. All right, another area is eventually, teens, you're, you're going to get married, possibly, right, in your life. And, or you might have other family relationships. And these are relationships that are going to last a long time, right? Uh, pr- presumably. <laughs> um, so when you have a spouse or you, you know, your mom or your siblings, um, when you're emotionally dependent, you mirror other people's emotions, which means if they're uh, mad or sad or frustrated, you become mad or sad or frustrated. Being emotionally de- uh, independent has really helped me a lot in my relationship with my wife when she has a moment and you know everybody has their moments, but when she ha- has a moment where she's super stressed, and this happens almost every week before church, trying to get all the kids ready and out the door, my wife gets extra stressed or leaving before a big trip or something. She gets really stressed and everything becomes super dire and everything is just like the end of the world. Like we got to get going. Come on. My ability to be separate from that helps everybody. It helps me. It helps my wife. It helps the kids. Um, and she's always so grateful for that afterwards. Oh, hey, thank you for, you know, first off, letting me have that moment and not like getting frustrated that I'm having that moment because when you're emotionally dependent, you get angry when other people are having their moments. Why are you having your moment? Stop having a moment of frustration or anger. And, and then now you're angry 
about that, right? So uh, the last area I kind of want to talk, or I guess second to last area I kind of want to talk about with this is teens, your next thing in life after high school is probably something like moving away, whether that's going to serve a mission for your church, that's what I did, or going off to college, or just, just moving out and living with friends. We hear a lot, or more often than we probably want to, but we hear stories of people who they move out and it's, it doesn't go well for them. Whether that's people who go and serve a mission and then they come back uh, early from their mission because they're dealing with some struggles uh, and like, emotional struggles are the ones I'm talking about. They go to college, same thing. They're just like, oh, it's so tough. This is, there's so much going on and I, I, gotta, like, hand, I, I can't handle all this. Um, or, uh, they, they just move out and then eventually just move back in because the, the struggle, uh, and the emotions of having to pay rent and be an adult is kind of just overwhelming to me. That's a sign of emotional dependence on something, right? And, and there may be some people who return who maybe they need to see a therapist or a psychiatrist. I, I'm not talking about those people, right? Uh, I definitely think there's, you know, for some people, there's things that only medication can can solve and help with, and you know, uh, some real good therapy can help with. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the people that really are emotionally dependent on their circumstances. When things get difficult, when things get tough, when things get uh, not as they expected, then they respond emotionally. And it may not even be something that we're even aware of that we were really emotionally dependent on our parents or on our comfortable living situation, living in a house where there's always food, you know, and I was really dependent on that for, for my well-being. Uh, and when you move out in college, you know, there's, there's some food, but it's more like top ramen, mac and cheese and flaming hot Cheetos, right? And you're like, oh man, you know, when things change, we were emotionally dependent on our circumstances. And when our circumstances are different or they change, we experience an emotional change too. And that's kind of a sign that we were emotionally dependent on various things uh, to provide our happiness or provide our stability. What I say is that we can be the source of our happiness and our stability no matter what. Uh, The last area, and I, I did a podcast on this recently, is failure. Sometimes we're emotionally dependent on success. We need to be successful or else we're going to experience negative or unpleasant emotions. And that stops us from trying. So if you can keep trying because you're not destroyed every time you fail, that would be an example of emotional independence. You are, your emotions are independent from the outcome of whatever you're trying to do. So. All right, so hopefully that painted a clear picture of what emotional dependence looks like, at least as far as I'm talking about it. I know other people and uh, other gurus or websites might have a different view on it. But for me, it's any time where it's not necessary for you to have an unpleasant reaction due to something uh, that is, at least in that moment, outside of your control. So how do you do this? How do you gain emotional independence? For me, it's really kind of two steps. First off, there's keeping a clear head. And this is done in two parts. And I tell my clients all the time, this is the only thing we work on. 
thought awareness and thought organization. When you can become aware of the thought that is creating your unpleasant emotion, then you have the ability to set that thought aside. Or, and that's the thought organization. So first off, you become aware of what it is. Oh, I'm feeling, let's go back to the uh, relationship thing. I don't want to break up with this girl that I probably should break up with or this guy, right? Because it couldn't happen either way. Um, when I wrote that speech, I try to make it as androgynous or as non-gender specific as possible. So a girl or, or a guy can listen to it and be like, oh yeah, that's me. Um, my wife was like, sounds like a, like a guy's delivering this. So I, I, I made some edits with her to make it uh, so anybody can be doing the breakup, right? So you're thinking, I don't want to break up with this person because ah, I don't want them to be sad or I don't want them to be frustrated or I, I don't want them to have to go through that. And, and also, I don't want to go through that. I, I don't want to feel those things. So um, you know what? We can probably stay together. It's actually not even that bad. That's an example of not having a clear head. Your thought that's probably causing you to not take the action, which is ultimately going to benefit you, is it's going to be uncomfortable and I, she shouldn't or he shouldn't be uncomfortable and I also don't want to be uncomfortable. Rather than organizing your thoughts, removing that one and being like, no, being uncomfortable is a part of life and it also is what we need to experience in order to get to the next level of life, whatever that's going to be for me. So I can move on to something better, something that fits me better and probably fits them better as well. So first off, keeping a clear head. Second is taking full responsibility for what you feel. We often tell our kids or we hear this from our parents that uh, don't make your brother mad. Why are you trying to make them upset? Why are you trying to annoy them? And then we start believing it. There's really, there's no way, there's no better way to communicate that uh, kind of sentiment or that idea of, hey, you're taking actions and hope to get a reaction from them. Please stop. Uh, that it's that's much more wordy as a parent. So I I find myself even with my kids saying, "Hey, stop making your brother or your sister mad." And maybe I shouldn't say those words, but it's just the quickest way to communicate what we're trying to say. Um, but we are all responsible for what we feel. When I was a teenager, my older brother would always say this, and I hated it. You know, if he said something that made somebody cry, then he would be like. Well, they cried. It's, it's on them. That's their fault. I'm like, you just called them fat or you just did this. Like you were a big fat jerk. My brother was kind of a jerk in high school. He's much better now. He's uh, very, very enjoyable to hang out with now. But in high school, he like, whatever. He would say things and not care about what other people thought. And I hated that. And I'm like, dude, come on. Like that person wouldn't have cried if you didn't say that thing. Even though I really, really hated when my brother said that to me now, I find it so much more empowering to believe that, to believe that, you know what, if I cry because somebody else says or does something, that is on me. Now, I want to say a quick moment here about allowing yourself to still feel emotions. You're not a robot. It's okay to cry, especially when you're broken up with or somebody yells at you or whatever. It's okay to have an emotional reaction. You're human. I still have emotional reactions when things happen. Um, But when you are done with that emotion, when 
you realize you have a moment of clarity when you're like, well, I don't want to be feeling this way. Okay. Well, now after you've processed those emotions and I've done a a recent podcast, I think on processing emotions. Um, If not, I've done one uh, over the past 97 that I've done. Um, So go listen to that on how to process emotions. But when, when you're done processing the emotions, then you can get right back to feeling how you want to feel and not being dependent emotionally on somebody else's actions. Now, I I do want to say a quick word before we wrap up on empaths. This is a thing that a lot of people are claiming to be, uh, and some people really wear this with a badge of honor, and they're like, yeah, no, I'm an empath, which which means that you really feel or or in tune with other people's emotions. Now, if that works for you, if you're like, yeah, no, I'm an empath and it's great. I feel like it's like a superpower and I can really sense and understand others' emotions. Great. Hey, you keep that. That sounds like it's really working for you. But if you're like, no, I'm an empath. If somebody's sad, I can't stop from being sad. You know, if somebody else is, you know, uh, depressed, then I get depressed. In my opinion, that's not so great. It's not great if you're mirroring or taking on other people's emotions against your will. To me, I don't think that's just something that people have. That's just something like, I think there's been episodes. I know the TV show Fringe had an episode like that. Well, actually, I think that the character, the bad guy character could project his emotions onto other people and make them feel. So I don't know if that's not quite the same, but still, I don't think that's necessary. So Great if you can sense and and understand other people and be empathetic, but if you're claiming to be an empath and I just can't help it, I I just feel uh, what other people are feeling and you want to stop that, you totally can by becoming emotionally independent. So take back your freedom of your body and of your mind and of your emotions and fight to become emotionally independent. It's trust me, it's much easier than fighting to become independent from aliens who are trying to take over the world. Hey teens, would you say you are the sidekick or the hero of your life? You see, sidekicks play small. They let their emotions stop them from doing the things they want to do. Heroes, on the other hand, heroes are always in control of their destiny. They still struggle, but they know how to struggle. They know how to develop self-confidence, manage their emotions, and take the action they need to so their story ends the way they want it to. If you want to stop being a sidekick and start being the hero of your story, let me be your coach. I take teens from sidekick to hero in the Firmly Founded Family Membership. And this membership isn't just for teens. We have stuff in there for parents as well. So if you're ready to switch into hero mode, go get your parents and go to firmlyfounded.com to see when our doors to the membership open next.